You've tuned into Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that the messages provide an atmosphere for growth and grace in your relationship with Christ and an opportunity for you to gather together in community, whether online or in person. Now let's go into the message. So as I was preparing, I'm actually teaching a class on prayer and we are in the midst of our 40 days of prayer and fasting and consecration. And so I said to myself, why not talk to the people about what's been going on in this prayer book, in this prayer circle? So there's gonna be, there's gonna be two things that we're gonna come from today. The first, the first, if you look at the title, it's called The Dangers of Root Disturbance the dangers of root disturbance. And we're gonna get a little agricultural on you today, and then we're gonna go a little deeper as it relates to uh, talking about some foundational things. All right. So if you wanna really, really talk about some things, this is just a little introduction. We have the infamous white glove, yeah. I don't know if many of you were brought up in the church like I was brought up, but when you saw that white glove, you knew that was what? An usher coming. She, was, he, she or he was coming to do some things, and most likely it wasn't all good. <laughs> they were coming down that aisle, and then sometimes you would see them standing in the back, and what we have is personal touch today, but sometimes you would see them and they would do You're not walking in this service. Mm -mm. You see one, I got one seat, come on right here. And then two of them come. Mm -mm -mm. That's the infamous white glove. Ari, the box of Kleenex. Ari, you see that same white glove coming with that Kleenex. What was they coming to get? Thank you, you're gone. You're gone. They was coming to get you, and they didn't even ask your mama for permission. They just, they didn't even look at you. Spit it out. And you best to have spit it out. <laughs> you best to have spit it out. Ari, the communion table. Ari, it was set up. We didn't, it wasn't like what we did today, where they just came. It was set up in white. And let me tell you something, you see that this do in remembrance of me, you bet not touch it. You bet not touch it. I mean, if you were walking by the altar and you fell, you better fall this way because you did this. You bet not touch it. Do this in remembrance of me, the communion table. So there's one more, I'm sorry. The circle of, pra the circle of prayer, family prayer. Go ahead. There was a time when we would gather at the table, around the table, in the living room, in the kitchen, in the basement, no matter where it was, and it was a time of prayer. It was a time when we would just circle around, give a scripture, call out a prayer request, and then the elder of the circle would go forth in prayer. And when they went forth in prayer, they were praying for everybody and everything that was being laid before them. 
And they did it with power, they did it with conviction, and they did it with the sense of knowing that whatever was prayed for in that circle was going to be brought forth, delivered, healed, set free in the name of Jesus. There's something about a circle of prayer. These days, I wanted to show you some reminders of where we came from. Those are our roots. That is what set the foundation for many of us. And a lot of times we think that we can just get away from some of those teachings, some of those uh, behaviors that we have learned, some of those things that really made us who we are today. But we really cannot get away from them because they have been instilled and ingrained in us. And I thank God for that. Now in that, you saw a lot of what took place, but there are some things that you have to look and think about. When you see a tree, whenever I think of roots, I always start with agricultural things. I start with plants, and I start with trees. I start with flowers. So I always think about the root system. I wanna know how does it work? Because the day your plant could be alive and tomorrow it's dead. So I wanna know what is it about the roots? So there are two types of roots that I want to talk about, and Ari doesn't have this. There are two types of roots. There are structural roots, and they're called feeder roots. And I want to talk about the structural root. The structural root anchors, and we're going to talk about a tree right now. It anchors the tree and keeps it from falling over. They grow mostly horizontally in the soil and taper in diameter as they move away from the tree. The closer to the trunk roots are cut, I'm gonna say that one more time and I want you to start using your spiritual imagination. The closer to the trunk roots are cut, the higher the chances the tree will be unstable and fall over. Let's talk about the feeder roots. Feeder roots are the small fibrous roots that absorb water and minerals. The more of these roots that are destroyed, the more the tree's ability to feed itself is impacted. Damage to these types of roots also occur with soil compaction and heavy equipment repeatedly driving over the root zone. So you have two types of roots. I am a teacher by trade and you will learn something today. You have structural roots and you have feeder roots, all of which are important to the tree, but all of them have a specific and a certain purpose. So I said, why not go a little deeper? So a lot of times when we talk about roots, um, we want to talk about um, the root of the family or the root of this or the root of this and it's the cause of this and it's the cause of that. Well, I decided in a lot of my training, I have learned to do things in reverse. So if you want a job, I need to know what type of job you want, then I can tell you what type of classes you need to take, then I can tell you what's acceptable, what's not. So I start from reverse. And so when I started this research, I said, let's look at this word of root. And let's see what happens when we see, where does the, root, the word uh, root come from? The word radical, a lot of times we talk about radical praise and radical this, and I'm so radical for Jesus, and I'm radical in my studies, and I'm radical in this. The word radical comes from the Latin word radicales, meaning root. 
It speaks to the invisible parts of the plant that gives strength and life. When we want to talk about a radical Christian, the truly radical Christian is not the one whose life appears extra, extraordinary, but the one whose unseen communion with God is extraordinary. See, you can't see roots, but they're doing a lot. So when you want to talk about roots, roots are really, really, very, very rarely on the top. There are some trees that have roots on the top, but mostly the roots are in the bottom and you cannot see that they're unseen. So living radically is about prayer, not about prominence. Living radically is about prayer and not about prominence. We have now made prayer an option rather than a necessity. If prayer does not function as the root or the foundation of our Christian life, something else or someone else will take its place. Prayer is what we must do, not what we ought to do. Prayer is what we must do. That means you don't have a choice in the matter. You have to pray in, the Bible says, pray in and out of season. Prayer is what we must do and not what we ought to do. So as we go into these 40 days of prayer, and we're talking about circling and the circle maker and they're talking about the book, we are going to get into a few other things and go just a little bit deeper. Our verse, Ari. Our verse comes from Isaiah 28 and 16. I know how to use the word. Isaiah 28 and 16. And it reads, therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion a stone for foundation, excuse me, a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation, whoever believes will not act hastily. And I want you to understand, we talked about roots. We had to get the foundation to talk about roots. What do roots mean? What's the purpose of them? And now we're going to talk about and bring it to uh, a foundation. The first thing that I want to talk about, the scripture references a place called Zion. Mount Zion, as we know affectionately, Mount Zion is the place where Yahweh, the God of Israel, dwells. It is the, excuse me, it is the seat of action. If you do your reading, if you read your Bible, you will understand, Elder Caesar, that Mount Zion, there's a lot of things that took place up in Mount Zion. It's biblical history. It's oftentimes referenced as God's holy and ethical city. It also talks about how Zion means the highest point. The old saints used to see, I say, I don't know if some of y'all don't remember this, is they would sing a song say, I'm bound for Mount Zion, way out on a hill. And if anybody makes it, surely I will. Surely I will. Surely I will. If anybody makes it, surely I will. We had the opportunity to go to Israel, and we actually had an opportunity to walk to Mount Zion. And let me tell you, it's not for the faint of heart. Mount Zion sits way out there. 
And I'm talking about you got to walk to it. I'm talking about you're not going to get there with just a few steps. I'm talking about you're not going to get there in just five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. It took us a while to get out there. Some of the older saints that was with, they said, we're going to sit right here and y'all young ones go right on. And that's what we did. We went all the way out to Mount Zion. Mount Zion is surely, surely, surely a precious place in the Bible. David was a commanded king at Mount Zion. You have to understand that Mount Zion is just not what we see. Uh, the Bible's just not characters and places and all the, this stuff is real. You have to understand that these scriptures, these places, these people were real. And so as we talk about Isaiah 28 and 16, the first thing that it talks about is that Mount Zion, a precious, 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 excuse me, a, excuse me, a precious cornerstone. When you talk about a cornerstone, if you ever looked at a building, use your mind, think about a building, you always see that one stone that looks different than any other stone. It's carved differently, it's placed strategically, and that is the way that God has placed us with prayer. Beauty and strength for the building. That is what the cornerstone, the cornerstone does. It provides a certain place. It provides how the building is held up. It knits, cements, and keeps the parts together. What I've learned in just doing some research, if you take away the cornerstone, the building will collapse. The way that the architects and the, and, the, and the construction worker put it in, they put it in with the reason, and it's always got something special on it. Came, uh, uh, constructed this year, 1995, 2000. It always looks different for a reason. And if you take that precious cornerstone out of the building, you will not be able to have that building. Again, it knits, cements, and keeps the parts together. And this use is Christ the Lord in the spiritual building of these earthly tabernacles that knit us together. Jews and Gentiles, old and new, young and seasoned, saved and unsaved, that is how God knits us together. He is the chief cornerstone. Please don't fool yourself and think that we're doing this on our own. He is the chief cornerstone, so he has the opportunity to fit us together how he wants, whenever he wants, if he wants, if he does not want, because he is sovereign. He is the precious cornerstone. He is the chief cornerstone. And we cannot do this by ourselves. Saints in all ages, times, and places, a precious stone he or she is, a pearl of great price, precious to his father who loves him and delights in him and has chosen and land him as the, uh, excuse me, as the foundation of the church. We are not here by happenstance, people. God has placed each one of us here. Though I am not Pastor Mario, you are here to get a word today. You are here to get a word today. We are not just here to look at one another. We are here to get what God has to give to us. And so a precious cornerstone we are. Next, it talks about a sure foundation. Well-rounded. It's a well-rounded one, which will never, never give away. A rock on which the church is built and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. A sure foundation of hope and faith. 
of peace, of joy, of comfort, of eternal happiness to all that build upon it. A sure foundation, form and strong, in, excuse me, immovable in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. It says that uh, we have everlasting and so it's everything that is laid or depends upon it. You cannot have a sure foundation and don't think that it's going to hold you up. It's mighty quiet in this growth point church because the truth of the matter is some of our foundations are not so sure. We're playing tic-tac-toe. We in one toe and out the other. We going to the side this way, we stepping this way. A sure foundation. Elder Caesar, I don't have to think about it. I know this stage is gonna hold all of me no matter what. I don't care how little I am. I don't care how big I am. This stage was prepared to hold me. God is a sure foundation. He's prepared to hold you. He's going to hold you in this, and he's going to hold you in that. He's going to hold you when you're good. He's going to hold you when you're bad. He's going to hold you when you're up, and he's going to hold you when you're down. He's going to hold you when you're in, and he's going to hold you when you're out. The question is, what type of foundation are you standing on? Do you trust him enough? To know that when you stand, he's not going to give way on you. God is not like our friends. Our friends are here Monday and gone Tuesday. They like you Wednesday. They hate you Thursday. They call you Friday. You don't hear from on Saturday. But they come in here on Sunday and want to hug, kiss you, and be all over you. God is not like our friends. He is a sure foundation. He's a sure foundation. The covenant of grace and the promises that he gives us. He gives us all of these things. We believe this promise and we believe this prophecy and we believe the things that are contained therein. There is nothing in the word, nothing in the word, Lady Mel, that I don't believe. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. So if he says we are standing on a sure foundation and that he is the precious cornerstone, that's two things that he's already conquered in my life. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to worry about it. Those are two things, and I got one more. Shall not make haste. Shall not make haste. Huh. We shall not be impatient we shall not be impatient for the fulfillment of the prophecy. Sometimes we get out of our, our lane. We, we, want, we want God to drive, but then we want him to take over this side, passenger side, and we take over. God doesn't operate like that. When we surrender to God, we gave him everything we should have. Truth of the matter is we can't handle it. We can't do it by ourselves. I often tell people, young converts and all this, you know, I'm going to get it together. I'm going to come right past the Mario says it all the time. I'm going to get it together. I'm going to bring it. I'm going to do this. I'm gonna... The truth of the matter is if you could, you would have already. But we can't. We can't do it. So we have to sit 
and we have to wait patiently on the fulfillment of the prophecy. Hmm. But you have to wait patiently on it, knowing that it is for an appointed time and it will not tarry. When God gives something, we want to, oh, God, let's talk about prayer for a minute. Let's talk about prayer. I'm coming to you, God. Oh, God, I'm coming as humbly as I know how, Lord, I just need you to fix it. Lord, fix him, fix her. God, I need the money. I need the money. I need the money. I need the money. Now, you prayed. The old saints used to say, take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. But we done did all that, all that, all that. And then when the phone rings, blah, 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 blah. I got an opportunity for you to make some money over here. Come to meet me on this corner, 42nd and 5th. And I'm going to let you get some quick money real quick. Well, what do we just pray for? What do we just ask God for? We get, we get too impatient. We don't know how to sit and wait on God. Like when, when, when we were growing up, Elder Season, when we were growing up, if it started thundering, they made us sit in the dark. They didn't turn the lights on. You didn't have no TV. You couldn't even talk. You sat in the dark and you waited for the storm to pass. <laughs> Today we get too impatient. We on the app when the storm get, Lord, when the storm going to be over. It says three, four, and five minutes. It says going to kill it over Lexington, and then we can watch up. We can go ahead and watch TV again. Uh-uh. You've got to learn how to wait on God. Let me tell you something. If you wait on God, it'll be way better than what you ever could have done. You've got to learn to wait on the Lord. Sit there patiently. He's not going to pass over you. Because you already told them what you needed and what you wanted. We need to learn how to pray to God and wait on his response. That's what's wrong with this generation today. Let me tell you, I purposefully teach classes where we don't talk. Because a lot of times in silence, people get uncomfortable. If we sit there and I say something to you, I don't need, I tell them, wait a minute. Think about it. Let it digest. Let it marinate. Because when you answer me, I need the correct answer. Just don't answer me to answer me. We have to learn how to listen to hear. Listen to hear. A lot of times, and listen to understand. A lot of times we are just letting go through the motion, just going through one drum and out the other, and we're looking to give a response before we sit there and hear what God is saying to us. So God can be saying, just, just don't do anything. I need you to just sit still and wait on me. And the minute it gets quiet, where you at, God? Lord, you said you was coming. God, you said you were going to do, do this. And God, you said you were going to do that. But you've got to learn to wait on God. You've got, listen, I know we're saying it and I know we're hearing it, but when you really and really truly learn how to wait on God, you're going to go through some things. You're going to be tested. You're going to be tried. It's not just the easy sit, beloved. You're just not sitting there and all is well. You may be sitting there and your children are on crack. 
You may be sitting there and the mortgage is behind two months. You may be sitting there, bills not paid, children acting crazy, husband acting crazy, dog, cat acting crazy. But God said, sit and wait on me. You've got to learn how to sit. And when you sit, sit in his presence. Sit in the presence of God. Just don't be idle and doing all types of stuff. You've got to learn how to sit in the presence of God. Learn you some scripture. Learn how to sing a hymn. If you don't know, get Dr. Mallory. Learn how to sing you some hymns and create you an atmosphere of worship. Create you an atmosphere of praise. Don't just sit there and just wait on God like he's not going to do it. You sit there and you wait with expectancy and say, God, if you never do anything else, you've already done enough. God, I'm sitting here because you said that you will deliver me out of the pit of hell. And God, I'm just waiting on you. You learn to sit there, beloved. God is coming. He's not going to desert us. He's going to do just what he said. Oh, I thank God for that. I thank God for that. It's an appointed time. It will not tarry. God will give you just what you want when you need it. Just when you need it, he will give it to you. And sometimes, because God is God, you don't even know that you got it. You don't even know. You're still looking around. Still looking around. God said, I did that thing two days ago. Because we haven't created the atmosphere that welcomes him, that allows us to open up our hearts to say, God, you did it. God, I'm thankful. God, you are already here. God, you are awesome. God, you are worthy. Just start saying those things when you're waiting. Just don't wait idly twiddling your thumbs. Wait in expectancy that God is so near that when he comes, he can. And it's already done. He can breathe on it and bring life back to it. Just believe that. And that God will hasten it in his own time. We will not waver or start believing in other gods, small g, or fairy dust, or all types of these crystals that these children are playing with. God is who we believe in. We're not going to go to anybody else but big G. Y'all can have those little G's, because those little G's don't have no power. Those little G's can't answer prayer. Those little G's didn't get off the cross in three days. Those little G's didn't save my soul. Those little G's didn't heal my body. Those little G's didn't do nothing for me. But that big G, that big God, that big God that looks, that sits high and looks low, that's the type of God that I serve. Y'all can have all this little fairy dust and these crystals and this sage and all this other type of stuff. Honey, I come into a place and I set the atmosphere myself. God, you are worthy. God, you are awesome. God, you are here today. And God, I want to thank you. You have to learn to create the atmosphere for yourself. Stop believing in all this foolishness. It's not doing anything to you or for you. If anything, it's hurting you. It's diminishing your faith in God. It's diminishing your worship 
It's taking time away from you that only the Savior deserves. It's diminishing the presence of God. Let me tell you, God won't just come and dwell anywhere. You have all this stuff laying on the table and you doing all this hikamasayan and all this type of stuff over. God's not going to be there. God only comes to an atmosphere where he is welcomed. And if we have not created an atmosphere where God is welcome, he's not coming. That's why it's so important when the praise team is up here that we give God all that we have in this time because we need God to dwell in this midst at this time during this day. The praise team, it's not for you to sit up here and look at PJ and the rest of the listen and the band. They sound great and they sound wonderful. But what are you getting out of it? How are you exalting God in the midst of all of this? How are you giving him worship? When you create the atmosphere, this is a good time for you to sit patiently in a worship atmosphere. Brother PJ's not up here doing it himself. This is a time for you to create a space of worship. Hmm. But we will wait on the one and true living God, knowing that this, that this, this is our salvation. He will not leave us or forsake us. And the Bible says, for when my mother and my father forsake me, <laughs> Then the Lord shall take me up. Some of us don't have a mother. Some of us don't have a father. Mother's Day is coming, but guess what? God can be a better mother than anybody. God can be a better father than anybody. God will not leave us or forsake us. We will wait on the Lord and be of good courage, said David in Psalms. We will wait on the Lord and we will be of good courage. Now you're saying, how does all this? You started off with roots. You started off with plants. You started off with flowers. Then you went to foundation. You're talking about how we can have a sure foundation. The, the precious uh, cornerstone, the chief cornerstone, a sure foundation. And now I'm telling you to just wait because all of it is wrapped up in prayer. All of it is wrapped up in prayer. Every now and again, you have to learn how to settle yourself and you have to learn how to sit down, go to your secret place. And I don't care, I have to, I, I rock. God, we thank you. God, we love you. God, you are a wonder. You are a wonder to our soul. God, there's nobody like you. God, you have been everything to me. God, you never left me. God, you are truly everything that I desire. God, even when my mother, even when my father forsake me, God, you took me up. God, when the bills were due and I didn't have any money, when the tuition was due and I didn't get financial aid, God, you were the one that stepped in and allowed me to remain just as I was. God, if it wasn't for you, and every now and again you get up and you start circling your problems. Jesus, we thank you. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, there's nobody like you. If it had not been for the Lord God on our side, where would we be? Jesus, it's all because of you. Start circling your problems. Start talking to God and start telling him what you need. He will fix it in 
in a matter of minutes, in a matter of seconds, he will breathe on your situation and you didn't even know that you had a situation. God, we love you. God, we thank you. God, come here, Caesar. Come here, Mel. Oh, God, come here, Gim. We're going to circle some things today. We're going to circle some things today. We're going to circle some things today. Oh, God, we thank you. Oh, God, we praise you. Y'all get in the circle for me. Every now and again, you got to see when you don't see. You got to hear when you don't hear. So I got saints around me circling and I'm standing in the middle. And this is the problem. God, you know the situation. Y'all start going around in circles. God, you know the situation. God, you know how to handle it. God, it is all about you. God, we thank you. God, we love you. God, we bless your name. Circle your problems. Circle your problems. Circle your problems. God, we thank you. God, we love you. If it had not been for you, God, you're powerful. God, you're awesome. God, you're lovely. God, you saved us. God, you filled us. God, you keep us. God, 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 God. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Call him, call him, call him, call him, call him. Jesus. Oh, God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. You got to know how to suck your problems. Everybody stand up in the building. I'm done. It don't take long. Give you some scripture, give you some background information. It don't take long. In your mind, get something on your mind. Close your eyes. Don't look at nobody. This is about you and God. God's business. I saw a meme that said, it's the calling on your life. If God wanted everybody to know, he would have had a conference call. God made a direct call to you. Get something on your mind. I don't care what it is. My students, it's finals time. You need to understand that you need to pass. If you can't be great, then you're going to have to see your way through. To my church family, we have all types of obstacles going on in our lives. First it was the pandemic, now it's inflation. Can't even afford to buy a pack of chicken wings. <laughs> can't even afford to put gas in the car. Can't even afford the interest that the, and, the, and the taxes that they're taking out your check every week, month, whatever it is. Get it on your mind. Get it on your mind. Get it on your mind. And start circling that thing. Start circling. Start thinking about it. And I need you to just circle. And when you form a circle around it, circle it with power. Don't circle it and don't have any power because then you're just, you're just going around and around. But circle it with some power. Circle it with some authority. Put God's name all over it. Put God's name all in it. We all have circumstances. We all have situations. But if it had not been for the God who was on our side, where would we be?
He's a mighty fortress. Once you start circling and you put God in it and put God on it, no demon in hell can come against it. So God, we thank you for everything that you're doing, for everything that you're going to do in our lives. Everything, God, everything, we thank you. We love you. We adore you. God, you are lovely in all your ways. God, we pray to you with authority. God, we pray to you with power because God, we know that you are the ultimate power. You're not just a power, you are the power. And God, we love you today. We appreciate you today. You are more than enough for all of us, Jesus. God, we love you. Thank you for your prayers and generous support that grant us the opportunity to do ministry. Now, this connection doesn't have to end here. Visit our website, engage with our social platforms, comment, review, screenshot, and share your growth with others. And until next time, keep growing.